Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hello, hello. And I'm so excited that you are joining us for another discussion about leaving Hillsong. There's never been a better time than today to leave Hillsong apart from yesterday or last week. We had really wonderful feedback from talking about Bible college with Yolanda. And something that seems to keep coming up is people saying things like, oh, well, compared with what she went through and she got so sick, you know, I didn't really go through much at all. And it seems to be really characteristic of this movement to get people to minimise their experience. And they already do a really good job on silencing people and getting them not to complain. But please don't minimise what you've been through. What you've been through is as valid as anybody else's experience. And you know how it makes you feel. And you know the impact it's had on your life. So I just really think don't allow that that real minimising. And another thing that goes along with that is that forgiveness on cue thing that Hillsong and churches like that make people do. That it's up to you to just go around forgiving people non-stop. And we won't get into how biblical it is because that's not my expertise, but I'll leave that up to people to go and research themselves. But what it does do the demands for forgiveness and loyalty no matter what is it really allows room to normalize abuse and make way for the next round of exploitation because you're just going to be forced to forgive that as well and you end up with people really minimizing their experiences so yeah Yolandi Bosch has been through a lot and we're going to dive right into that um, what the costs have been to her in, in the real world about you know A lot of people desperately want to do something to change things, but the costs are pretty high, and we talk about that and how she's doing now. So here's part two of a contestant in their game. You just blew it. You just, like, blew your life away. And I was like, I don't understand why you're saying I'm sick. (laughs) Horrible. How long long did you keep going for? How long were you there all up? Uh, I think it was about six or seven months that I was there. And then eventually it, it came to boiling point. You know, in between all of this, you know, I started questioning so many different things that they were doing. For instance, my friend group, I made these incredible friends who I still call some of my best friends in life that I have to this day. And I'm thankful to God that he used your song to bring us together. Even though most of the things that they did were evil, I got to meet my friends 
that are, you know, some of my best friends. But these friends, we started having our home churches outside of Hillsong, like not a church really even. We had like these get-togethers at our girls' houses, but not my house, our houses. And they would have like worship nights. And eventually what happened was somebody snitched on us and we ended up having to get in front of these people again and they said look why are you having a church you've been divisive against your song church and creating your own church you're not supposed to do that and we were like but we're just serving god and we're just singing together we're just hanging out together what's wrong with spending time together and they hated that they really hated it and the more they tried to do that the more people started coming to these house events because they were disgruntled with Hillsong so we ended up having full home like a full house every week there would be like 50 people in one house you know (laughs) because they got something there they really received something out of these get-togethers and they didn't get that from going to church the girls in my house we had a big fight so one girl accused me of stealing her milk, her milk. um and her milk yeah and okay. I said to her I did not I just I said to her you need to stop calling me a liar and you need to stop telling me that I stole your milk and even if I did take some of your milk which I didn't I mean that's a, a train smash you can just relax yourself and she went nuts and obviously that came to a point and then they contacted well she contacted them and she said she didn't want to live with me anymore and blah 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 and I'm sure I could have handled it better as well at that point I was still very immature myself it was such a such a stressful place to be in and with my friends because my friends were also going through the same thing and they were also constantly being um I I started conforming more and more towards Hillsong so to try and be more like them so I got a lot more privileges because okay. I started conforming and I knew that I needed to do that. It's not that I wanted to be fake, but I I needed to survive it to stay in Australia as well and to just finish my studies. And a lot of people do that. So kind of just do what they say and just shut up. I ended up being put onto street teams. And I think this was a turning point for me as well. And it was a a turning point in terms of my own maturity as well and, and realizing what Hillsong was all about. And I started serving on these teams. And what they do is they send out people to all the areas in Australia to mow people's lawns. And then to like spend time with them, have a coffee with them, especially more poor people, you know, lower income. And I don't like discriminating against people or, right, that's how they put it to you. I see people as all equal, but that's that's what they do. And you're not allowed to talk about Jesus. You're not allowed to talk about God, which I found very strange, but you are allowed to invite them to Hillsong. So they told us, the government told them that we're not allowed to talk to them about any personal issues. But then I started becoming closer to a few of the people there. And, and you know, as you as you go to these things, you start talking to people and you do grow closer to some people. And there was one lady that I was assigned to visit. And this lady had an issue with her husband and her son had been acting out in these groups that we were in constantly talked about the son acting out really badly. And, you know, and he, w- he had like cigarette stumps on his arm. And then the little girl, I think, was then being bullied by the little oh. brother. And so the mom came to me and she specified things that were happening in the house. And I said, look, I think we need to talk to the police about it because this sounds like domestic abuse. And domestic abuse is a serious thing. As somebody who believes in a duty of care, it's my duty of care to, to actually go out and to do something about it. What happened when you told them? So I, I was actually working myself up in that in that office. I was doing really well in that office. They really liked me. I was actually quite surprised because they told me I was super divisive and how dare I 
you know, how dare I call the police or want to call the police or give anybody that kind of information. It's not the way they do things. And then Australia would throw me out of the country. And I thought, wow, is that the way Australia does things? Because I've still, I've only been here six months. Maybe I don't know enough. So these were, this, these were the group leaders that I had, you know, and they were on the team that day. And I mean, these were other people from third year, fourth year, whatever. But, you know, it was just really disheartening. And then they ended up taking this to Susan Smith, which was this lady that was the psychologist. And she was seeing me every week and telling me how terrible I was. And I was just going to heal the rest of my life and all sorts of other nonsense. And, you know, she's told other people similar things in terms of their abuse situations and told them it was their fault and I had the, the choice I'd, I'd rather be thrown out of the country and go to the police that's what I thought at that point but then I ended up just staying silent about it because I you know and I was kicked off the team and they told me I could never go back again and I uh-huh. could never talk to the lady again okay. which was really sad for me and I, you know what um, that morning before I got kicked out of the college, I knew that I would be. And I, I just spoke to God and I said to God, God, I know that I've probably come to a point where this is going to be an end for me. It, it came to a point for me where I said, okay, you know what? I'm obviously not going to fit into this place. We obviously have two different worldviews and it's okay. I'm just going to have to trust that God will send me somewhere else. So long story short, they ended up pulling me in. They told me that I've been too divisive. They can't handle me anymore. They just want me out of the college. And eventually they told me to, I had a choice. You know, they could, I could either withdraw or they could kick me out. And if they kick me out, I need to be out of the country within two weeks. Maybe it was seven days, actually, seven days or 14 days. I can't, can't remember exactly, I have, but whatever it was, um, I was told that it was over and that um, if I didn't find another college and if I didn't withdraw, so I had to withdraw from the college because I didn't know my rights. I didn't know that I could fight and I could get money back or whatever else. I just, I, I was just really not, you know, That's not. Incredible. How does that feel for you? You're 21 or what, 22 at this point, far from home. What do you do? Devastating devastating I've lost all my friends I mean I didn't lose the the friends that I ended up having after you know that I met there that became my friends for the rest of my life but I mean I lost my reputation I I felt devastating I and and when I walked out of that place and I got kicked out the feeling of going into Gloria jeans and finding out and then having to pack my bags because they're giving me only like a few days to pack my bags and get my stuff out of that house and then find a new place. I know no one else. I only know Hillsong. I only know that I actually did know a few other people because I ended up going to these other churches as well around the corner and I ended up making two or three other friends, which was a good thing because if I didn't do that, I would have been completely lost. Did they give you the meeting at Gloria Jean's? No, no, no. What I mean is like everybody would hang out at Gloria Jeans. Like okay. it was such a tight group of people that they were all in Gloria Jeans. And when I, when you walk in there and they see you, they look at you like, oh, she got kicked out. Like I can't believe she got kicked out. Mm-hmm. And it was a running theme. Like from day one of getting into Yolson College, they would always talk about people that had been kicked out. And you would always be scared of getting kicked out and doing the wrong thing. So you get this vibe of almost like a horror movie of people staring you down when you walk into the coals or you walk into the Gloria jeans because they know that you have been kicked out and they won't even greet you. They will ignore you. They will whisper about you. It is terrible. It is the worst feeling. Honestly, it is. It's a cult life situation. It it really felt horrific to me being in that situation. And I, I ended up, I stayed with a lovely lady 
who took me in um, and I, because at least the owner of Shoes and Socks, which is a, a really popular shoe brand in Australia. So I used to work for her. So I worked for her and, and I, I remember her distinctly telling me one day that she couldn't handle that the college would constantly change my schedule so much because it was just too much. And, you know, I just couldn't even keep a job properly because they, the pressure from them was so bad. But then after I left, I immediately had to enroll at Alpha Cruces, which is a sister college of theirs. But it was a two-day course and I could work the rest of the time, which is I could work for 20 hours a week, you know, legally work for 20 hours and then not be bothered and just go to college for those two days and the rest of the week would be free. Actually really helped a lot, but then I still stayed in the same area and still tried to go to Hillsong to make amends because I still thought that there was something wrong with me and I needed to fix myself. Okay. But then I started getting cut out from everything. How long do you do that for, Alpha Crucis, before you? Two years. Yeah, but ending up, ending up leaving Bella Vista, saying my goodbyes to Bella Vista, knowing that I had very limited friends left in Bella Vista and then going to Manly. And then my friends following well and us meeting this amazing pastor eventually who helped us heal from all of the stuff that we went through. And it was strange because no one knew that the other person was going to that church. But for some reason, people were hearing through the grapevine that this church was providing so much healing and support and psychological support in this church in DY that people were just coming and flocking there from Hillsong. And this pastor was so dumbfounded by the amount of people that, you know, that had come through it, it, yeah, eventually moved away. I just wanted to get away from Hillsong Church and the people because I'd never met so many fake people in my entire life. And that's not to say the friends that I made. I'm talking about the, the college and the people that worked there and, you know, the Houstons and so forth. So I stayed for, what was it, three, three years? And then I went back to South Africa only for two months. And then I went um, to the state to another church I mean something that's made you quite different from a lot of people that have stepped away is you've always wanted to do something about it always wanted to speak about it and then it happened on an international level when you when you spoke I mean that's a it's a very different kind of experience of leaving Hillsong again so what has that been like for you because so many people are so afraid of speaking and afraid of lawsuits and afraid of repercussions and yet you've overcome a lot of that I mean what what has that been like for you to put your name to you know a range of experiences and negative experiences it's been very hard I mean it took me what was it three or four years maybe longer to to talk I mean you've been through the journey with me as well so you know it's it's been a long time I mean it's Relatively it, speaking, it took, that's, that's not a long time for people. I mean, there's people, there's yeah, 20 years is yeah, not unusual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I, I understand. But I mean, it took me a while to come to terms with the fact that I need to stand up and I need to talk out. And if I don't speak out, nobody's going to speak out and nobody's going to stand up for students in that position. And what if I, if I have to look at somebody that's 18 years old and they have to go to Hillsong College and they go through the same thing that I went through, or they're 21 years old. I mean, I was a little bit older, but majority of people go from the age of 18 to formative years and you go through something like that it could really scar you for life so I have to think of my duty of care to people and my duty is to you know to inform people it's it's still your free choice to go wherever you want to go to you know I can't tell you 
don't go somewhere, but I can give you the information of this is the way that it's impacted me and this is the way it's impacted other people. I think with a lot of people want to, they desperately want to do something about it, but the fear is incredibly strong on top of the trauma that holds I think it's not just the, it's the fear, yes. It's also the stigma of the way that Hillsong is, is that it's, it's all about, I guess, a tribal mindset and everybody's in this tribe and you still have friends in the tribe. And even though you've left the tribe, you're still, you've still got a, a you know, a root of the tribe and you don't want to mess up those friendships. And you think that if you talk out, you're going to look like, you know, just another disgruntled person who's been hurt by the church or a disgruntled girl that's been abused by some guy, you know, so a lot of people have a perception in their mind. They don't want to be pegged as something and they don't want to put themselves through that, but it's not, about that though it's about actually looking after other people if you're putting yourself I mean I put myself out there and I didn't get a big thank you for it well it's just that every single person that I've spoken to has a, a very high degree of fear some of them are afraid of God's punishment but it's a false fear it's a false fear it's it's just I mean, what, a fear of a false fear but when what have no what have been the costs to you for putting your name which is is an uncommon lost my, name lost, um, lost jobs I mean things like that I mean I I mean I've walked into a job interview got a great job and then one of the directors came back and said we might work with your song at some point I can't hire you anymore you know and you're great but and then I I was like okay well that's fine I walk away and then he rehired me and I said I'm so sorry but I'm not going to now work for you because I feel like that's just really not going to work for me it's just things like that you know it really does does take a lot out of somebody if they go out on a limb and it also you know it didn't help my mental health. It was difficult to do. I needed to be mentally strong to do it, mm-hmm. but I, mm-hmm. I won't lie. You know, I had Hillsong people come after me, say the most horrific things about me. I had one guy, you know, who pretended to know me, but he really never knew me at all. I mean, I, I literally said two words to this guy. I think maybe I spent one day chatting to him and he just pretended to know me and he called me all these terrible names and he's on staff at Hillsong. And, and I mean, those things really do affect you because yeah. I'm a human yeah. being, you know, you well, read those things and you're like that's hurtful that's that's actually kind of devastating that you would say something like that to me and that you'd actually go on a public forum say you're a christian you love jesus you want to see the best for people but you would go out and you would actually do that so tell me how do you feel about what you've done then no i definitely do not regret look i i am who i am i've never not been myself and people like me or they don't like me. And, and it doesn't really matter to me if people do or they don't, right? I'm going to do what I feel is best, you know, and sometimes that best can be good. Sometimes that best can be bad, but I'm still going to do what I think is best. And I don't regret it. I really feel like I need to stand up. There are students that really can't talk for themselves because of the fact that they have had extreme, extreme abusive situations at Hillsong. Sure. And and that's trauma, and you can understand. But then there are those students that could just come out and say, look, these things are happening. We need to make a change. And if we don't talk, and it doesn't mean that I, they have to talk on their like on their own individually, but as a group, let's stand together. Let's collectively come out and let's do something about this because the next generation of people going into this college are going to come out damaged. Surely 1% of them. 
six, four of them, six of them could band together. And so, so I mean, what's interesting? But they don't want to. They're so scared. They're like, no, so I what don't want to talk and I'm going to back out. And I'm like, why? Why? Well, you what, would, is this, what is this fear? I mean, I want to know how many people have been sued by Hillsong for breaking no one day or defamation. or. We know of one person because it's had one lawyer's letter, but, I mean, and it meant zero to, to him. And this was a completely different situation to a college situation. I'm Sing talking it? about someone who attended Hillsong who, you know, was part of the thing and then um, has, you know, spoken out or threatened to say, apart from a letter, have we seen court dates? Have we seen? Never, never. Hillsong will never do that. And something that I had to learn through this process because I was so scared that Hillsong would sue me, but it was a false fear because they would never do that. And it was actually you that said that to me as well. If if Hillsong sues somebody for saying something about their own experience, what would that tell tell people about them and the rest of the world out? I mean, there's been people that have spoken out on different TV shows and so forth, and they've never once sued anybody. So they might sue Carl Lentz or someone else under a contract, personally or privately, but I, I doubt that they would come after you. But it's also the NDAs. I mean, if you were there after 2016, you have an NDA. And that does, that. to be honest, that does justify people to be scared that, you know, they've signed away some sort of right to speak. I've, for instance, been in contact with an MP. He was the only one that was willing to actually give us an audience. And I, and I actually went ahead and I gave him a list of names of people. But it's like people just back out and they're even scared, even though he's given them complete okay. transparency and diplomacy and saying that, look, if you speak out and I have your names in, in writing, I they can't do anything to you because you're protected under federal law but they still don't understand that and they what do you mean they're protected they, because Sorry. if he speaks for them and he uses their name in parliament or whatever okay. else they actually get protected there's some sort of law that protects parliamentary, them and i'm not exactly parliamentary privilege maybe yeah exactly okay. yeah and i mean that's what he's giving them and and they have all of this protection so it must be a social thing as well i, I think it has to do with the stigma of being labeled as anti-christian as labeled as you know losing your friends or your family because a lot of people have friends and family that are still attending the church and i mean i just don't think people want to be seen as that they quickly shut down when you know when they get asked to be talk or go to a you know some sort of government which i don't understand and, and it really does disappoint me because i feel like you know i'm the only one that's really stood up besides the 60 minutes one yeah it's 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 something it's not new at all um you know if not a hundred percent then close to it of people are afraid when they make contact and that's what i'm trying to pinpoint is you know what is that fear it's definitely to do with trauma and with long-term hypnotic practices that have been instilled that make people afraid but you know above and beyond that journalists have been pulling their hair out for all these years as you know it, it and it's real last mm, stuff mm. isn't it it's you know that yeah 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 well, and they pull like, out right at the yeah, end as well yeah. yeah I don't know what it is it could just it could be I think it's a it's stigma thing you know and, and some of them are not Christian anymore even and they'll, they'll still not talk and yeah. you know, maybe it's a fear of the media maybe it's a fear of being labeled as something I'm not sure you know and it, it is quite concerning you know I'm not saying every person it's for every person to go out there and talk to the media and and 
yeah. you know, give out a big story yeah. and everything. But it, but it's it's still something, you know, going on the record and saying that look, we've spoken to five students. We don't, we won't name them, but these five students have all yeah. had issues with Feel Song. It doesn't it's not about me at the end of the day. My story is just a small part of a massive big story. Yeah, I feel like these students at some point they need to stand up for the rest of the students that will come in as well. It's, and I maybe mean, this yeah. isn't about the students either. Like it's it is every single you know it's it's volunteers it's everyone yeah yeah but the volunteers are more open to talk which is funny though so you know something else you noticed was the political influence through Hillsong as well wasn't it maybe that's yeah I think definitely the year that I was in there um, in college I was very much aware of uh, of Australian politics becoming very much included within the Hillsong church culture I guess we had quite a few MPs that came to church and it was definitely something that I saw happening on a you know on a regular basis and they would tell us about that as well and we had ribbon cuttings and things like that with various influential people we had people like Tanya Davies who was actually on staff back then and she was working for Donna and so yeah so you could see the political influence coming in and also Brian Houston building this bridge towards the political side more with Liberal Party but also with the Labour Party which was quite surprising to me having these inroads and building his influence you know having these these constant influences you kind of feel like Hillsong's like the Church of Australia in a way well back then that's the way it felt to me and that's the way they portrayed it so saying that they had all these spheres of influence so they had the sphere of influence within you know obviously music industry and then eventually later on the movie industry but then at that stage when I was in college they had more of this political influence coming in and what's interesting to me is that I I spoke to somebody a while back and they were talking to me about um, the ex-MP John Barilaro and he's a Hillsong he's a Hillsong member and oh I thought he was Catholic and she's like no 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 he's he's 100% you know he's at the church so I'm just thinking that constantly you've got these people who are in power positions you know making rules um, and then we've also got the situation with Tanya Davies where she's you know contacting Brad Hazard because Brian Houston made a comment about churches not being open you know it was a, a manipulative move because you're not supposed to be you know going you know going to Brad Hazard or to whatever by, else because um, you're doing it by manipulative I mean you you mean corrupt like just yeah it's, yeah it's, yeah it's, I mean it's it's it is manipulative because if Brian Houston yeah. is yeah, he's like, because Brian Houston is throwing out his toys out of the cart and he's saying, I want my singers to sing. Yes, okay, great. I want church singers to sing as well, personally, because I'm a Christian. But if I'm a church leader and I'm and my friend, who happened to used to be one of my old employees, is now going to the health minister and the health minister is now making a quick move. And the health minister denied this. He said he had thousands of people emailing him, but we don't have proof of that. And he then makes an amendment to the law within a few hours you know there's no actual evidence that's going scientific evidence in in the in the situation and then obviously having scomo and and having brian you know together in you know in cahoots with each other and it's just that there's just too many connections and too many dots and that is worrying to me that one church could have such an influence within the government i mean i was watching all the friendly geordie stuff today as well so john barilaro is still very relevant there's a fixated persons unit that the police run for people that you know hold strong political beliefs it's I want to ask you what you make of them in South Africa because I can't stand the sight of it and I see 
that they've done nothing but use terms like family and you know they want to build a nation and considering what South Africa went through with HIV and you know losing a generation or two of people in some areas it just seems so insidious look I just think they have a whole marketing team that just looks at each country and they just try and do this whole marketing spiel they're probably the most brilliant marketers that you will ever meet in your life right I don't think there's a better and bigger marketing machine than Hillsong and I think that they probably do do that in South Africa and I've, I've seen them use all sorts of different things you know, um, they use race racism they use whether it's a health issue whatever it is they will try and you know leverage some sort of success from a marketing campaign towards whatever social topic there is that is something they do in South Africa to probably wheel people in and in the rest of Africa as well. Likewise, they do that in Australia as well. I think it's just a part of who they are. You know, they use whatever yeah. marketing tactics they can. I mean, there is a lot of concern as well regarding them having so many properties and have being property developers of being a property developer in Roseberry and acting as a property developer in Roseberry. Mm. I mean, it, it's super, it's, it's there. It's true. I mean, I have friends that own a property in that building um, and Hillsong is the property developer. They've purchased that land. They couldn't build a church there because the council would not give them a right to building a church there. That, but it could also equally be that they just give in the wrong DA and the DA just doesn't go through. I mean, I work with this stuff. Um, that's my job currently. I mean, there was also, there's also, there's a few of them. There's some in Queensland as well. So they do have quite an extensive property portfolio and we don't really know where that funds, those funds go and why they're doing it because essentially those funds should not be tax-free and I hope they're not tax-free. I mean, South Africa, it's very corrupt. The country is super corrupt. So, I mean, anything could be could be happening and it's what we're saying is purely speculation. But, it, I mean... Are there similar kinds of laws with tax-free for charities? Same as here. You know, if they are able to get somebody like you and all these Bible college students to volunteer to the point where they pass out, what are they able to do when, you know, people don't have the same kinds of access to resources? And I mean, my story is still really mild compared to... No. No, no, no. no. It, it, it is compared to in terms of where other people would you know serve to the point where they want to throw themselves off of a bridge you know kind of thing and then there's stories like that there's students who have really gone through that they were there for five six years and they were serving so much that they ended up giving up everything that they were at the point of suicide how many people committed suicide that we don't know about yeah i, I mean there's stories of that as well so a lot more than we not more than there's the, the extent of that is just too much because if you work somebody so hard to that point where they're not even getting I mean we've heard the stories of um coming out of the U.S. of the babysitting and the you know the absolutely disgusting pay that some of these students got and I mean they can't even feed their own kids so they leave the intern to look after the kids and then they have to pay for the kids food as well and that they're using their you know that kind of thing those kind of things really you know break people and if you're sleep deprived and and going through all of that, I mean, it, it can be quite devastating. I had a mother write to me from somewhere in the United States recently and say that her daughters wanted to go to a Hillsong Bible College there. They wanted to pursue musical careers and they're very high quality colleges. They've got 
you know, the best equipment and all that kind of stuff. So what would you write back to her if you'd received that? That was, she was just checking out the Bible college and, you know, they're strong Christians and their daughters want to go there and become musicians. What do you think? Look, um, first of all, I have my own personal experience at Hillsong. However, I would probably say I would do it with caution because if you are putting your child through that and your child is used to a different way of Christianity, let's say they've grown up maybe Baptist or so forth, you know, it might be very hard for them to conform, but it might also be, it it could be very difficult in different ways. It depends on the person and the person's personality. But overall, you know, if I, if it was my kid, I would not be sending them there because of the psychological influences. And just because of all the different stories that have come out, be cautious and talk to other people, look at the good and the bad. There's a lot of questions that you should ask. You should probably ask them as well. You know, is there going to be an NDA? Will I be allowed to talk to my daughter on a regular basis? Just, you know, really like having a checklist of these things, you know, looking at the history of what's going on there as well. And yeah, I, I would really just do my homework before I send my kids there. It's a difficult question, I guess, because I don't like forcing people no, or telling them what to do. And I mean, your faith is obviously quite strong still I know that for a fact what do you make of Bobby and Brian look I I honestly I wish I I really I prayed that there was a a point for us to sit down and talk things through and to actually come to a point where they would actually understand where some of the students come from and not just take the word of their staff or whatever else and just actually say look we want to work together and want to make this college great we want to fix things I I've always been very open about this I've had the college email me before and wanting me to talk to their lawyers and all of that but they've never actually reached out to me and to other students personally they've basically if we've asked a question they've blocked us on Twitter they've blocked us on Instagram but we've never really had an open conversation with these people to say look why is this happening do you really want to change your culture in your church to make it better because I don't want them to burn down I want them to change and to admit that they there's things that need changing but on the other hand they have refused to this point and to this day and it's been years to pick up the phone and say look we understand you know we're really sorry that that's happened and let's have a chat about it and let's talk about it so it shows me their intention is not really to change their culture their intention is just to keep on going the route that they're going and to just I guess gaslight people that don't agree with them or so my message I guess to them would be and my perception of them would be that they you know they either really need to sit down and ask themselves this the way that they want Hillsong to to continue or um, is this just really who they are you know they're just really manipulative people who don't care about their congregants whether if they change they'd be the same if you know or whether just unfollowing people is the best you're ever going to get one quote that I it's funny because I opened my Facebook and it was from 2012 when I was just in college and it came up with a post that I'd made by Brian Houston and, and it said that people can and do change but not as quickly as we want them to <laughs> I guess that's a typical Brian quote right but um, my question I guess is giving that over to Brian people hello. do change and can change Brian but he has are you hey, Brian. Brian hello <laughs> are you listening Brian <laughs> no. 
<laughs> and I mean, the door is open for Bobby and Brian. You know, the door has never been shut for Bobby and Brian to say, I'm sorry, we made a mess. But Bobby and Brian are constantly saying, you're the mess. You need a change. Yeah, it's horrible. So there's a huge problem here because if they'll never do that, this church is going to keep hurting people. They can say a thousand different things on their shows you know, on their podcasts, on their Instagram, on their Facebook, on whichever channel they want you about not judging people and loving people and all of the stuff. But what is super important for them to do is to reach out to people that have been hurt by their church, to bring them together, to unite them, and then to look at themselves internally and to do an internal change. But they don't want to do that. They will just keep on saying, it's not us, it's them. And that's the issue that is continuously allowing this toxic culture to go on. The only next step that we really have is to take this further into parliamentary inquiry into how they've treated college students, if they're mistreating the college students, if they're funneling money through the college, if they are doing all these things. From the word go, the sooner you got a church, the sooner you got a college attached the better because there's your tax breaks. You can run everything. Yeah, the- there's a that's- there's a huge tax break. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, that's some, um, that's, you know, I can't even think of a way to say goodbye. <gasps> Why don't we leave it there? And I've got a feeling you're going to come back and talk to us more about a lot more stuff, hey? Yeah, I I would love to come back. And um, I really, to be honest with you, I think it would make a great TV show, People in Glass Houses. I know, because right? It's, it's, <laughs> I think Netflix yeah, now needs to talking. contact. Now we're talking. <laughs> I, you know, that centre they had at the time was literally, it kind of looked like Parliament House 15 years ago, this big glass house. Thank you so much. You're the best. Um, All right, have a good yeah, night. So much more. Okay, bye. <laughs> okay, bye. Cause it's